Why do physicians go into healthcare? What makes them passionate about helping people to get better? And what happens when that passion is crushed by problems with the healthcare culture? Welcome to the Transformative Healthcare Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Chobatar, and I serve as publisher and editor-in-chief of Advent Health Press. We're trying something new with this series. Usually podcasts are created after a book is released. This time, we're going to share the book's concepts before they're published as a work in progress. Let's meet our authors. Dr. Jeffrey Kuhlman is Senior Vice President and Chief Quality and Safety Officer for Advent Health Orlando. Before joining Advent Health, he served for 30 years as a Navy physician. He spent 16 years in the White House, serving in several roles, including Physician to the President of the United States, Director of the White House Medical Unit, White House Physician, and Senior Flight Surgeon for Marine One. Dr. Coleman is triple board certified in aerospace, family, and occupational medicine. He's board certified in medical management, was awarded a certificate in traveler's health, and holds credentials as a certified professional in patient safety. He's also a certified physician executive. Daniel Peach serves as Director of Clinical Transformation at Advent Health Orlando. He's a registered osteopath in the United Kingdom. And Peach has served as a business executive, a safety and security expert, and has worked with elite athletes in performance improvement. In every role, he's seen the value of relationships and recognizes that the best data and technology are meaningless without a personal approach to care. Now, let's join Jeffrey Coleman and Daniel Peach as they discuss the challenges of healthcare and the importance of relationships in today's podcast entitled, Did You Know Your Bed Is On Fire? So I think of a clear, dark night, 40,000 feet above the Atlantic Sea, about halfway over. I'm the physician on Air Force One. I've settled in for a nice trip after making sure everybody else is uh, taken care of, and we are hurtling towards um, a summit of the world leaders. So right about that time, um, the medical team on board is myself and a critical care nurse. And um, Secret Service agent comes up, gets us, and says, hey, doc, we need you. So right behind him, there's a senior official. And the senior official who I had, um, I'd seen before and always had a little um, like warning sign in the back of my <laughs> my head. Of, uh, I hope he's never on a transatlantic flight with us across the across the ocean. So he is complaining of chest pain. I go through in my mind quickly the algorithm of does this sound like he's having uh, the big one? He's having a heart attack, or is this just indigestion or something else? So that's the um, history component that I think about. Uh, we have the capability to do a 12-lady KG, so we do a 12-lady KG, and luckily I know how to read it, and <laughs> it's uh, it's normal. I, he's on the kind of younger than middle age. Uh, middle age is someone less than me. Right. So the middle age, yeah, um, yeah the the side, and I think about the risk factors for um, heart disease, uh, blood pressure, cholesterol, uh, blood sugar, inactivity, smoking, and kind of sort that out in my mind. And we had just just received the uh, handheld test where point of care, we can poke your finger, get a drop of blood, and check uh, the cardiac enzyme, check your uh, troponin, and see if you have an indication of 
of, um, of having a heart attack. So most of the time, the common practice is somebody with chest pain uh, at altitude, you put on oxygen, okay. and you head to the nearest airport because you don't, you don't want to be wrong and, and miss that. So the calculation I made is sorting all that together. I don't think that he is, uh, the chest pain is caused from a coronary artery disease. Uh, or caused from a, from a heart attack. So we continued on. I gave him some uh, uh, treatment for some of the alternate causes of chest pain and monitored him over time. And a few hours later, we landed uh, successfully and we had not caused the international... Um, <laughs> so the international incident that would have come out of that. <laughs> yeah. So that's... Uh, that kind of... Um, that kind of has always been in my mind. Um, I worked in emergency uh, department for a decade or so, and about you know one in ten patients that you see are coming in uh, complaining of chest pain, and you quickly sort through your mind is is um, you know the hunch your hunch based on your experience, based on expertise, uh, based on the different guidelines that are out there of, do I think this person's having a heart attack or is he going to in the next uh, little bit? And uh, then you, you treat them appropriately. As a physician, the reason I went into medicine is, I think if we look at our medical school application essays, it's uh, always to help people, to make people better, to take the diagnostic challenges and uh, offer them the the leading edge uh, treatments that are out there, and none of that works unless you have um, you have the burning passion to take head on the different problems that that you see every day in in healthcare. And uh, I mean, as as part of that, do you find that that's the that was the key to it? It's not about the the glory that you get out of it, but that about the helping people or. Because the thing is now, if, if you look at healthcare and the way it is, right. um, it, it's it's something that's almost become an industry in its own right. Yeah, I think the challenge is today um, in in the United States, uh, healthcare is too expensive. Americans spend over nine thousand uh, dollars per capita uh, every year on healthcare, and that's way above any other country in the world. And not only that, there's just too many people that die prematurely. Uh, the U.S. I think currently ranks 43rd in life in, uh, in life expectancy, which um, it's not great. Yeah, those those um, those two things. It's just too costly and it's too ineffective. It, it, it's interesting because that that brings out everything that seems to drive everything now, in particular healthcare. That you, we take data and we wrap ourselves around the data, the data, and we wrap ourselves around the technology that's there, and we don't realize that the that healthcare as a whole is is literally on fire it's it's burning uncontrollably that's there um, it's it's getting more and more expensive because of the perception that we've got to attach to the technology and everything else and the problem is now as well is that because of that people are starting to to look at their own healthcare they're starting to leave those conditions that they have. If I don't feel well, then you know what? I'll wait, I'll save it up. It's expensive. 
they're having to pay more and more out of their pocket. And because of that, they're starting to, to almost panic in some respects that I've got to hold on. I've got to wait before I go and see someone before I get that medical treatment, because I'm going to get all of these tests. I'm going to, I'm, I'm then exposing myself to a, a system that's, that's going to cost me my house. I mean, it is, you, you think about how many people in the U.S. go broke because of medical care. Sounds like you're saying that the exact people who would be or should be patients seeking health care are actually foregoing health care because of cost and lack of trust. And because of that, they're becoming more sick. Yeah, and it's interesting. People have more knowledge than they ever used to. But with that more knowledge, they're realizing that, hang on, I need to hold back. Um, maybe I shouldn't go now. But, but then that's, that's sort of compounding the problem that's there. And part of that, that, that too much information is, is partly caused in-house as well. We're not bridging the gap that we can have between the administrators and the clinical staff that are there. And I, and I think a lot of the public doesn't realise that there are different factions within healthcare. Everyone says, oh, it's too expensive. And, and that's more towards that business aspect of it. Um, the part where the administrators are trying to create not necessarily a profit, but they're trying to get the money in to be able to sustain the technology and the data drive that's there. And then you have people like yourselves from the the clinical side of things who joined it for the people. And there's that conflict that's going on. Um, the administrators lean towards that claims data and the clinicians towards that clinical data. And so we've got two ends of the spectrum that are not really coming together. And there's that, that chasm of language that we've got a breach, even though that everyone's in the same field. Um, it's that same experiences that are going on, but we talk different languages. I mean, both, both of the languages are unnecessary. We've got to understand each other. But the trouble is we've got administrators speaking one language, the clinicians speaking another, and then the general consumer, the patients, really get confused to try and understand what that means and the conflict that's built up within it because of that. Yeah. The practice of medicine or healthcare, healthcare c comes down to information and relationships. Hmm. And the relationships that we're talking about, you know, we, we do a good talk about um, relationship, but for the most part, often it's just lip service. And we have to recalibrate our compass and direct our attention back to the doctor-patient relationship and also probably the doctor-administrator relationship, not just in words, but in strategy, goals, practice, and just restore the trust. I, I would agree with that. And, and it, it's bringing together all of those elements. And, and that's where it's often difficult because we tend to encapsulate every element of that. And we've got to try and start to, to bring things together. It, it, it's there. And as, as medicine has progressed, it's, when you look at it, it's not been that dynamic progress that, say, technology has. You know, we're, we're still practicing the same things that we did 50, 60 years ago. And the expansion that's there is dynamic because of the technology that's interjected in there, but not as much with those personal aspects. Yeah. So, so transformation, transformation is, is um, it's a, it's a overly used word these days, but transformation is a drastic change. So the, the transformation we're talking about in healthcare um, is going to require everyone to 
get together like a fire brigade to collectively put out the fire. It's going to require like-mindedness from the front lines, uh, the front offices, to take the information and build upon the relationships to all work together. In many ways, the relationships uh, are more important than the information that's that's out there. It's, it's that team driving that not being isolated by the information, it's, it's utilizing it the way it should be. It's taking care of each individual person and, and almost catering for them, not just as a patient, but catering for what the um, administrator needs to, to take care of, what the clinicians need to take care of, and bundling that together so that the patient gets what they need to go back to that patient focus. Yeah, patient-centric medicine. Yeah. So I think we know this isn't just pie in the sky. Hmm. I think we, um, we've, we've found a, a methodology, and the methodology, I think anyone in healthcare can learn it, can adapt it, hmm. can adjust and kind of make it their own and implement. So I would say, going forward, are you ready? Are you really ready to lead the change you want to see in healthcare? Let's go for it. That concludes this episode of Transformative Healthcare, a limited edition 14-part podcast series. I've been your host, Todd Chobatar. To discover other great resources to help you feel whole in mind, body, and spirit, please visit us at adventhealthpress.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our free newsletter that includes healthy living tips, leadership wisdom, and regular giveaways. Tune in for our next episode where Jeffrey Kuhlman and Daniel Peach will be discussing meaningful care, what it means to be lean, and widgets versus human beings. Thanks for joining us.